to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. What's going on, Fantasy World? Welcome back to the show. Man, I hope you guys did well in week two. We are moving along to week three. I checked, uh, I did a little survey. You know, I, I told you guys that I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you know, show and prove. I, I, I like kind of doing that. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, just a way of me being able to show, hey, man, I'm talking about these things in fantasy and I'm trying to show you guys that, you know, it's legit on my end. Like, I'm not just saying things to say it, but I'm actually putting it to, to use in my fantasy lineups. And I think I did pretty good this uh, this week across all my leagues. I went 11 and seven. So I'm above 500. Um, I had a really good week in um, both my NFL.com leagues and my uh, Yahoo leagues. I was four. I was four and oh in Yahoo and three and one in NFL. Um, so those are the ones I'm really proud of. CBS, I could have did a little better. I caught massive beatdowns in CBS. It wasn't a matter of my team. I had a good lineup in both sets, but man, I just caught, you know, I just got the the brakes beat off me because of some of the uh, my opponent's players blowing up um for the match. So it was it was really nothing I could do. Um I'll post those scores and I'll post the lineups and let you guys, you know, see what I was see what I was dealing with in the CBS league. But outside of that, man, I had a pretty decent week. Um I hope you did uh win your week 2s. You know, I'm always pulling for God, you know, for you guys to win your leagues. And especially if you're listening to the Fantasy's Finest podcast, you know, you know, that's, you know, that's the thing, man. I want, I want y'all to win and I want to help you win your fantasy league. So if is if you're listening and you're getting some, you know, good advice from us, man, we appreciate it. Just show some love for us, man. Uh, in this episode, we're going to get into our Thursday night preview the Miami Dolphins take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then we're going to get into some starts for the week. My personal segment, I like to call the finest starts of the week. So, uh, you know, just some ways they help you out and let you guys know who has the best matchups, in my opinion, for week three. Um, if you haven't checked out our waiver episode, make sure you check that out. It's live on Google, Apple, and Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Just in case you may have missed some players um, in your waivers, you know, Tuesday going into Wednesday night, and uh, you might have some holes in your, you know, your team because of injuries. I know week two was, that's all the conversation was in our, in my fantasy chats. It was like, man, everybody's going down. Saquon, uh, Raheem Mostert, uh, you know, everybody players was just getting knee injuries and ankle injuries, you know, Christian McCaffrey's done, you know, it's just, it's just rough. So hopefully you didn't have to deal with that. You know, I, that's one thing that you don't want to happen in fantasy, especially this early. It's only, you know, we're in week three now, week two just ended. And some players, some fantasy owners have lost some of the biggest names in fantasy, you know, on a team. So I hope that you haven't had it the misfortune of losing your best fantasy players. And if you have, you know, you got to make sure you hit the waiver wire. You know, if you got to make a trade or two, do that because the season's not over just because you lost your first or second round pick. All right, guys, keep your heads up. Now, you know what we got to do before we get into the episode. Make sure you follow us on your social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fantasy's Finest. You can follow the host as well. You can follow me at hype underscore finest on Twitter. 
You can follow Jalen at Ace underscore ECA4 and follow Mark at McNucks on Twitter. Now, I know they haven't been here for a while, and that's I have to take you know some heat for that because of our scheduling. I was really trying to make sure that we get all of the information, all of the important stuff for the podcast. Um, and because of our work schedules and stuff like that, we haven't really been able to link up as a group, but we'll take care of that. And, um, you know, I'm going to let them, you know, shine a little bit more in our next episode. Uh, cause I think we have something hatched down so that we can all get together again. Cause I know you guys like their commentary, <laughs> especially those Sam Darnold takes. I'm not going to let them live that down. Sam Darnold is trash. But, you know, they, everybody has to make their take. They have to plant their flag and, you know, unfortunately die on that hill. But we're going to get into our news first. Then we're going to take care of the Thursday night preview. And then we're going to handle our starts of the week. So let's get into the news and see what's going on. News and notes from around the NFL. Okay, first up, now this was a little bizarre. The Chargers starting quarterback Tyrod Taylor is out indefinitely after getting his lung punctured by the team doctor when trying to administer a painkiller painkiller injection for a rib injury that he had that which uh, took him out of you know uh, week two. Um, it was reported that he had a, he had a chest injury. It was later revealed to be ribs. And then I guess he was going to get a painkiller injection to kind of soften that up. Maybe he was going to be able to play again, but the doctor hit his lung. Now he's out indefinitely. Uh, rookie Justin Herbert came in. He had a pretty good game. He had two total touchdowns through for 311 yards, and he's going to be starting against the Carolina Panthers this week. So if you're looking for a streaming option, you might want to check out Justin Herbert. The Carolina Panthers defense is behoo. To he. So maybe he'll have a good weekend for you for week three. Maybe he's a keeper um, after this week if he does really well. That was a decent game he had against the Chiefs in week two, I believe. So, you know, maybe Justin Herbert's that dude after all. You know, I, I, if you listen to the podcast, I wasn't really a proponent for a lot of the rookie QBs starting. I mean, you knew Joe Burrow was going to start in uh, Cincinnati because they had to. But I was, you know, more or less hoping that the young guys would get a more get more of an offseason to develop and then come in. But apparently, man, the Chargers knew what they were doing and picking Justin Herbert, you know, despite what uh, mass, you know, despite what critics had said about him heading into the draft. Um, he looked pretty good for what I saw from the games that I, from the game that I watched. So Justin Herbert, man, keep keep his name in front of you in, in the top of your brain. Uh, moving along. The Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay finally, finally returned to practice. Can you imagine what it feels like to have a wide receiver that talented stuck on your bench because he can't play because of, you know, he had a hamstring injury he was dealing with with, a, with the first two weeks of uh, the season? Ah, if you're like me, I know you're happy he's back. At least he practiced this week. So far, it's been limited, but he's on track to play against the Arizona Cardinals for week three. If he can get into a, if he can continue to practice, even if it's limited and maybe Friday throwing a full practice, you have to put him in your lineup. Matthew Stafford has for more or less struggled without his dominant number one receiver. 
So to have him back would likely give a boost to uh, Matthew Stafford's fantasy value. And, um, you know, of course you get your number one wide receiver back because you know you probably took him within the first three rounds. So that's a plus. Moving along, the Jaguars wide receiver DJ Chark did not practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with uh, chest and back injuries. I think they're more on the minor side because he was able to practice on Monday and Tuesday, um, even though it was limited. He plays Thursday night, which is tonight, uh, for week three. They play the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, as we mentioned before, in our opening. So hopefully, Chark uh, gets the green light to play. Um, you know, as usual, you always want to play cautious with Thursday night games because it's a quick turnaround. So, you know, just make sure that you're up on the latest as far as his injury. Of course, you know, if you don't know, the Fantasy's Finance will be keeping track of his uh, injuries and we'll be posting before kickoff to make sure that people know, you know, he's either playing or he's not. So keep on the lookout for that at Fantasy's Finance on Twitter, just in case you ain't hear me the first time. All right. And finally, this is a huge blow, in my opinion, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Rager will be out for six to eight weeks per sports, uh, per Fox Sports insider Adam Kaplan. Rager tore his UCL in his thumb, which will require surgery. Now, this is the same kind of injury that Drew Brees had when he took that judo chop uh, from Aaron, Aaron Donald uh, in the Rams game last season. Now, Brees was only out. He missed uh, five games last season. But because of the fact that um, I think it was because he was able to recover a little quicker or whatever the measure was, he was able to come back earlier than the projected time that he was expected to miss. But unfortunately, Rager um, may not have that option. Uh, further reports on the injury state that, you know, after surgery, recovery is generally a little slow takes about three months so maybe he can beat that time but for now he's going to be out he's expected to be out for six to eight weeks and you know not to really sandbag on Carson Wentz but uh he hasn't looked pretty good you know the last two games and I know like it's earlier in the season but man he's catching heat and now he won't have his number one uh wide receiver from the you know his first round pick anymore for the next six to eight weeks that's going to be rough he has Deshaun Jackson but outside of that he's he's going to have to continue to play with the tight ends and the running backs you know but that's not anything new so we'll see it's just it sucks because I really did have Rager to have a breakout season um you know the Eagles needed weapons at wide receiver they finally drafted a they drafted a wide receiver in the first round in Rager um and you know, per camp reports, he was doing pretty well. It was weird watching him play the first two weeks of the season and have, first of all, have his snaps in the first game kind of tailored down. And then his snaps increased the second game, but he only had four targets. It's like, why would you? That's the only thing that bugs me about it for fantasy It's because you have a wide receiver that you need to get out there in the Eagles offense because you haven't had wide receiver weapons in, you know, God knows how long you finally get one and you don't use them. And then you turn and look at Deshaun Jackson. Now Deshaun Jackson did get uh, nine targets in week two, but apparently they only came in the second half in the, against the Rams. You know that you can't come out flat against a team like the Rams. 
I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan. I watched it, you know, when our when our Cowboys came out and they looked flat in the first round. I mean, the first uh, half of the half of the game. So you can't do that. I, I whatever's going on in in Eagles camp, I need them to get it together because you know my fantasy picks are on <laughs> are on the line, man. Help a brother out, like you get it together, Doug P. I don't know what you're doing, Carson. You need to stop rushing and throwing the ball. Twenty, what is it? Twenty passes or twenty off target passes, leading the league in off target passes. That's ridiculous, and he. The Eagles O-line is fifth in pass protection. How? Now, you know, the Cowboys fan in me is like, ha, 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 ha. But, you know, for fantasy, you have to tuck the fan away because you need the more options that you have in fantasy, the better. Now, Carson Wentz isn't an option. And I'm not saying drop him, but you can't put him in your lineup. And they play the Bengals this week. That looks like a good matchup, but he don't have any wide receivers outside of Deshaun Jackson. If I'm the Bengals, there's only two players that I need to worry about on offense. You know, you're going to have to contain Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard, and you have to contain Deshaun Jackson. You have to pick your poison between the tight ends, but it's just this is not what I expected from the Philadelphia Eagles, even as a Cowboys fan. I if you watch if you listen to me or if you follow me on Twitter, shade aside. I was definitely expecting the the Eagles and the Cowboys to be fighting for the division. And it still may play out that way. But to start off, I mean, like I said, it's only been two weeks. I'm not going to keep rambling on. It's only been two weeks. Maybe they'll write the ship and we'll have a more competitive division. But until then, man, I don't know. The only thing that can stop the Cowboys is the Cowboys at this point. But like I said, it's only two weeks in. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more and, you know, maybe things will change. But that'll do it for our news. Now let's get into this preview, man. Miami versus Jacksonville. Let's get it. Thursday night football preview. And now for our feature presentation. Now, if you are looking for a quarterback to use for week three because of injuries, maybe you lost Jimmy Garoppolo um, maybe Matthew Stafford or Tom Brady aren't doing it for you right now. And you might need to stream a quarterback, um, to, you know, for week three, this game could provide you with that. Now we're going to break down each team per usual for the, ahead of this matchup. Now let's start with the dolphins. Ryan Fitzpatrick actually had a decent game against the Buffalo bills last week, um, where he threw for 328 yards, two touchdowns, and he was the QB eight for week two so that's not bad that's not bad at all now am i saying that you should expect that from ryan fitzpatrick every week no but he can give you in a good matchup he can give you decent numbers and the buffalo bills defense isn't sweet by any measure but he still managed to put up big numbers even though he had to throw for you know he had to throw 47 passes but the game was close at the end you know that's pretty good for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He got Devontae Parker back. Um, you know, he has, they do have good weapons. They have decent weapons. I won't say that they're great, but, you know, they're pretty good, decent to pretty good weapons um, for the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they aren't that particularly great against quarterbacks. They're giving up 21 fantasy points per game 
to opposing quarterbacks. They've already surrendered five touchdowns uh, through the air over the first two weeks. So Ryan Fitzpatrick has a chance to put some decent numbers up against a, you know, defense in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now we head over to the running back position. Miles Gaskins seemingly came out of nowhere before the before the season started. It was expected that Jordan Howard was going to have the first and second down role. And Matt Breda was either going to back him up or, you know, there were some rumors that Breda was going to take the starting job from him. But now you have Miles Gaskins coming in and taking a majority of the work. So you don't have Howard and Breda. Well, I would say Breda is still getting, a, I guess, a significant share, but not enough to be fantasy worthy. Miles Gaskins is the man to own in the Dolphins backfield. He saw 82. He had 82 total yards from scrimmage in week two. He saw seven targets against the Bills. He's more involved. He's just more involved than Howard and Breda. And he's producing, he's outproducing them. He averaged 6.6 yards per carry against the Bills defense. That's pretty good. So unless, you know, something else changes, you gotta, you could, if you don't have better options ahead of him, you can definitely consider putting him even as a, a flex option for your lineups. The Jags are giving up 21.9 fancy points per game to opposing running backs. They've already surrendered two touchdowns but they've only given up 176 yards, um, you know, over the first two weeks. Now that's not too bad, but with the, the amount of work and the, how efficient uh, Gaskin has been over the first two weeks. Um, like I said, if you don't have any better options, you can consider putting him as your flex option, or at least, you know, since it's a Thursday night game, you plug him in as your, one of your R running back spots. So that way you leave your flex uh, position open just in case you have to make a move uh, later on in the week for week three. Now, the wide receivers, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, they have more than their fair share of opportunity in this game. Um, like I said, the Jags defense isn't world breakers, so it's not something that you have to worry about uh, too much. But you also know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to end up throwing the ball a ton, especially if they go down late. And garbage time still amounts to points. So if you you know, you sticking your nose up to garbage time. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I live for garbage time in fantasy. That's like, you know, just it has you on the edge of your seat because you're like, man, I'm looking at my team and, you know, one of my players isn't doing well. And then all of a sudden, the last five minutes of a game, he's getting like six targets. <laughs> so I'll take it. But Devontae Parker, uh, you know, let's look at him first uh, because he's been dealing with a hamstring injury. He was able to play in week two. He did see eight targets, um, you know, and that's with Tredavious White, you know, more than likely hanging over him. Eight targets, five catches for 53 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty good, especially bouncing back from a hamstring injury that knocked him out of week one. So Parker is going to see volume. You know, he is the number one wide receiver there. So he's uh, uh, at very at the very least, he's a safer option to play um, because Fitzpatrick is looking for him. Um, Preston Williams. He's seeing a little less in terms of targets. He had five in the same game, uh, three catches. So P Preston Williams is a little more tentative. I don't know if this game is going to be shootout worthy. So if anything, I'm looking at I'm looking to start Parker, maybe Preston Williams if I don't have a better option, and um, you know, ex you know, expecting hoping for the best and expecting the worst from Preston Preston Williams. 
which is sad because you know last year he was on fire and then he got hurt he tore his acl and now it's like you know you don't get an off season to really warm up so maybe the first two games or the first couple of games are going to be iffy for preston and then he kind of shakes it off and you know returns to his form from last year um you know after the first couple of games he you know they really get their feet under him for for football now the jags are actually playing pretty good against the wide receiver position they're giving up 20 points one fantasy points per game but that's the 12th fewest among defenses in fantasy that's not bad um they've also given up 220 262 yards to opposing uh, receivers over the first two weeks that's only 131 uh, yards per game for against wide receivers so that's pretty low too so like i said Parker's probably going to be the beneficiary because he's going to be targeted more. Um, Preston Williams may mean more of a, a desperation heave, you know, just based off the numbers. Now the tight end position is a different story. Mike Gusecki was showing out last week against the bills eight for 11 for one thirty, And I believe he scored a touchdown too. 27 points against the bills defense. He was the tight end three for week two. Ryan Fitzpatrick is looking Gusecki's way. Um, the Jags suck against the uh, tight end position. They've given up the most fantasy points and the most, I'm sorry, they've given up the third most fantasy points to tight ends with 31.9 fantasy points per game. They've also given up the most yards to tight ends, 198 yards to opposing tight ends for the first two weeks of the season. Gusecki should be in your lineup. If you don't have, you know, Travis Kelsey or, you know, you lost George Kittle, he's supposed to be returning per the recent news. But if you don't have one of the studs, you don't have, you know, a bigger name, Gesecki should be in your lineup. He should definitely be in your lineup. So those are your options for the Dolphins. Now let's head over to the um Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know why I'm stumbling right now, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are up next. We're going to start off with Gardner Minshew. Um, I've already mentioned that he's probably one of the guys that you should be streaming. Um, now this is more breaking news because I just checked my, I just got a notification on my phone while I'm recording and DJ Chark has been ruled out for week three. He was dealing with chest and back issues um, he was limited in practice Monday and Tuesday. He wasn't able to practice Wednesday, and apparently they don't want to take the risk because of the short turnaround. So he will not be active for week three. He will not be playing for Thursday night, which sucks because he just messed up my show doc. <laughs> but even with even with um, DJ Chark out, I still think Gardner Minshew is a decent option. Um, you still have Keenan Cole. You still have D.D. Westbrook, who may get some more time. Um, LaVishka should see a bump in production because they have to do something in the passing game now with uh, Chark out. Maybe Tyler Eifert gets a more gets a bigger boost, but I wouldn't trust Tyler Eifert either. I'll get into that in a little a little bit later. Um, but Gardner Minshew still should be able a viable option. Um, he still, even if he has to get into a pass heavier scheme. Uh, he went 30 for 45 against the Bills, 339 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Now, of course, the, the interceptions aren't going to be good, but 
he's going up against a Dolphins defense that doesn't have Byron Jones. He's out for this week with a groin injury. So they the Dolphins lose one of their best uh, cornerbacks. So that may be able to lend to Gardner Minshew having a better game. Um, the Dolphins also give up the seven most fan- – they've given up the seven most yards um, to opposing quarterbacks, and they've given up the second most fantasy points, about 30 a game to opposing quarterbacks. So the potential is still there. Now, when you – with Chark out, I would hope that they use – James Robinson a little more in a passing game, but he is the run game for the Jaguars. There's nobody else in that backfield that's getting touches or at least, you know, causing a point where they're splitting work. James Robinson is a guy who came out of nowhere. Um, He was, you know, nothing much wasn't expected of him because he was an undrafted free agent, but he's showing you why you shouldn't sleep on undrafted free agents. He put up 16, he had 16 carries for 102 yards and a touchdown. And he added three more catches for 18 yards against the Bills. Now, I know I keep saying, you know, it's against the Bills because the Bills defense isn't sweet. It's one of the better defenses in the league. And for Robinson, an undrafted free agent, to come in and stomp his way to a 6.4 yards per carry against one of the better defenses in the league, that you got to take notice of that, man. Like that's that's solid production right there from a guy who didn't get drafted. So don't sleep on James Robinson. If he's available still in your fantasy leagues, you need to be checking your waiver wire and grabbing him because without DJ Chark in the passing game, I, you got to expect James Robinson to be leaned on a little bit more in this game. And with the Dolphins, um, they're still tough against the run. They've only given up 16.3 fantasy points per game. But like I said, it's only James Robinson out there. It's nobody else vying for touches in that backfield. So even at 16.3 points per game, Robinson can hit that. And they're giving up 200, 200, over 200 yards over the last two weeks. It's just Robinson by himself. I keep saying it. They're going to have to use him more this, this week. No chark, suspect, other options. At the wide receiver position, your tight end sucks. Um, well, I'll be I'll be nice. Tyler Eifert does not suck. He's just not very good right now. So that limits the options that you have. James Robinson should see more work tonight. Now, the reason why I'm whoever decides to pop up at the wide receiver position, they could be in for a decent night. The Dolphins have given up the third most fantasy points to wideouts, 31.9 fantasy points per game, and they've given up the most yards over the first two weeks at 454. Again, third most in the league. Now, I'm not going to say that Gardner Minshew is going to start chucking it to guys who haven't really produced to this point in the season, nor am I going to suggest that you should scramble for one of those options out of the backfield. I think that's a little too risky. Um, you could do that because you're going to look at, you're going to look at the depth chart for the Jaguars. You're going to see who is going to step up and take those carries or take those targets. Rather, if I had to put money on anybody, um, I would probably go with Lavishka. And the reason why is because if they're looking for more wide receiver production, he's a, he's a wide receiver that is doing a lot of things in that offense. 
He's taking carries out of the backfield. He's catching passes. He's lining up at the wide receiver position. They're using him everywhere. So you would think that without your starting wide receiver in a lineup, a guy like him, who's very versatile, should see more work. If you're going to lean on James Robinson, somebody's going to have to come in and give him a break. LaVishka can come in and do that, even if he gets five, six carries. But if he's still getting uh, six carry, six targets rather in a game, that's solid production. It's a little risky because you're putting him in your lineup. You're putting him at one of your wide receiver uh, positions and you're not going to stick him in your flex because, like I said before, you don't want to have your flex position locked up and then you can't make a move later on in the week. Let's say you put in LaVishka at your flex spot and he doesn't produce well. Now you're stuck because you can't make a move. You can't adjust your lineup to either play another running back or another wide receiver because you've already locked up that spot. So it's just something to think about. Um, I would leave me personally. I would leave the wide receiver position alone for the Jags. It's just too risky for me. Um, even if somebody blows up, that's fine. But the, the adverse can happen, you know? So I would stick with more notable options. Some more notable waiver wire pickups like a Russell Gage or uh, Michael Pittman. I'm liking this week. So it's just, you know, that's an option for you. I'm just giving you options, giving you what I think, my thoughts. And, you know, whatever happens, you got to pull that trigger either way. Now, to the tight end position. Yeah, don't don't start Tyler Eifert. Now, this could be this could blow up in my face because this might be the one week where he has a chance to really do some damage because he'll see more targets without, you know, Chark being there. But he hasn't really seen Chark himself hasn't seen a lot of targets over the first two weeks. And Tyler Eifert has been non-existent, even with targets going elsewhere aside from Chark. So this isn't the week to try and test Tyler Eifert out. Um, the The Dolphins aren't giving up a lot of fantasy points to the tight end position, just 5.1 fantasy points per game. Um, they're only giving up. They've only given up 62 yards total to the tight end position over the first two weeks of the season. It's football. Anything can happen, but it's fantasy too. I'm not putting Tyler Eifert in my lineup. Not doing it. So that's it. I'm not playing Tyler Eifert, and I don't think you should either. But that'll wrap it up for our preview. Now let's get into the starts of the week. I'm going to give you guys some names that you probably should be thinking about putting in your lineup. So after I'm done, let me know what you think. But let's get into it. The finest starts of the week. The finest starts of the week. Started up. Started up. Started up. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, because of the news, I did have DJ Chark as one of the guys that I have for this segment. But as I'm saying this, I am crossing his name out. <laughs> so we're going to move on to James Conner versus the Houston Texans. The Texans defense has been. It's been kind of trash for the last two weeks now to be fair they did have the chiefs and the ravens in back-to-back games but you would expect them to put up a little more of a fight because you knew who they, who was coming and 
mm, they didn't look too good against the Chiefs or the Ravens. And, and uh, it just didn't look right. But James Conner had a rough start. You know, week one, he fell out. He had an ankle injury. He he dodged a high ankle sprain, which is great. And he came back and he balled up the the Denver Broncos defense. Now, like I said, I didn't have that. I have him as a start. I just felt like it was too risky for him to come back from an injury and to expect him to produce against a tough defensive front in uh, the Denver Broncos. But he proved me wrong. He came out and stomped his way uh, to a solid stat line, over 100 yards, 16 carries. And he's going to continue to get the mail for the uh, Steelers until his body breaks down. So the Texans have given up the third most yards to opposing running backs so far this season, 339. And they've given up uh, 25 fantasy points per game to the position. So James Conner looks like a lock for this week. You know, there's always the injury risk. So that's not just something you have to account for when you put him in your lineup. But. James Conner's going to get the rock. As long as he holds up, he should have a good uh, stat line for your fantasy team. And another note I wanted to point out, even though the uh, Ravens backfield in week two, when they played against the Texans, you know, they didn't, all of the running backs didn't get a huge amount of work, but all of them still averaged over five yards per carry against the Houston Texans. All of them. And I'm, I'm saying like nobody saw more than 15 carries, I believe. Three running backs, Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, had he, he averaged 24 yards a carry. He had two carries, and he had 48 yards on them. He was he was just breaking stuff loose. Mark Ingram had a 30-yard run. They, it was just ridiculous. So if they can, if three running backs can average five yards per carry, I think James Conner can do it. Maybe not five yards, but he can give you a good stat line. So I'm putting James Conner in my lineup this week. That's for sure. Now, this one's a little more riskier, but I think because of injuries, um, Daniel Jones has an opportunity to really produce because he's playing the San Francisco 49ers for week three, and they've been ravaged with injuries. The 49ers are giving up uh, just about 19 points per game fantasy-wise to opposing quarterbacks, but they've lost Nick Boza. They've lost Richard Sherman. He's on IR for another couple weeks. Their offense has been gutted. They don't have any wide receivers. Their starting running backs are hurt. Raheem Moster is going to miss a couple, maybe a week or two. His injury is not considered that serious. But Tevin Coleman's on IR. He's going to miss the next month. Um, they don't have any wide receivers. Debo Samuels is still out. George Kittle is expected to return, but we don't know what kind of condition he's going to be in because he's coming back from knee injury. They still have Jordan Reed. He put up two touchdowns against uh, the Jets last week which is good, but at the moment, they only have tight ends to threaten. Even Jimmy Garoppolo may not play. He's still They're still hoping that he can uh, come out because he had a knee injury. So with issues all over the team, Daniel Jones has an opportunity to really take advantage of this matchup, these injuries. I mean, the Giants have injuries of their own. They lost Saquon Barkley. Um, they have... They lost Sterling Shepard. He's going to be on IR for a little while, but they still have enough weapons to get it done in the passing game. And I think that's where Daniel Jones is going to take advantage of that. Now, moving along in this list, I got Ryan Tannehill against the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm not talking about bad meaning good. I mean, bad meaning bad. Aaron Rodgers had his way with them. 
and then Phillip Rivers had a meh game for them. But a lot of players um, had a decent game. As well, not not a lot of players. Like one of my one of the guys that I recommended uh, last week, he had a good game, and that's why I'm kind of excited about. It. But overall, the Vikings secondary is bad. It's a lot of rookies back there. Ryan Tannehill should be able to take advantage of that, even without AJ Brown. It doesn't look like he's going to suit up this week. He's still dealing with a bone bruise, but there's still enough passing options. You know, you have Corey Davis. Okay, I'm saying that loosely, but you still have Corey Davis. You have John U. Smith, who's he's who's likely to be the beneficiary again this week without A.J. Brown being there. And then you have Adam Humphreys, who might, you know, squeak out some production as well. But so Ryan Tannehill, I have as a start this week against a very susceptible Minnesota Vikings secondary. They're giving up the second most. Uh, they've given up the second most passing touchdowns in the league, or they're tied for it they, with five. They've also given up 28, 20.8 fancy points per game. So if you're looking for Ryan Tannehill or you need a streaming option and Ryan Tannehill is available, you might want to check him out. Now, this one I really like. And it's not because he's a cowboy. It's not just because he's a cowboy. But the game itself should lend to a lot of fantasy points. C.D. Lamb. I got C.D. Lamb versus the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson has been on fire. Now, the hope, the fan in me is saying this is the week, hopefully, that Russell Wilson cools off. The Cowboys can capitalize on that, and they just stomped him out and get out of there with a W. But that's less likely to happen because we both know, or we all know, that the Cowboys' defense is still, to put it nicely, on the rocks. They don't outright suck. They did manage to shut down the run against the Atlanta Falcons, but that was only after the second half. So you're hoping that the Cowboys can slow Russell Wilson down. I don't expect that at all. I expect a full-blown shootout against uh, Dak versus Russell Wilson. And C.D. Land could be one of those guys that could benefit from that. He had his first 100-yard game last, uh, last week. He could get into the end zone. Um, but this looks like a pass heavy game. The, the wide receivers for the Cowboys, uh, should all be startable in this game. Uh, it's just, there's only one way to keep pace with Russell Wilson at the pace that he's going. He's lighting dudes up. He lit up the Patriots last week. Uh, he really lit up the Seahawks the week in week one. So I can't expect Russell Wilson to all of a sudden cool off. Uh, CD lamb should be a beneficiary of that. He's seeing a lot of work in the offense and it looked like his pro- progression is still growing. Uh, 15 targets over the first two weeks of the season. Um, and Seattle's given up the most yards, the most yards passing, uh, 735. And they've given up the most fantasy points at 42.5 to opposing receivers. So there's there's a chunk there for CeeDee Lamb to get off this week. And finally, I have Mo Ali Cox versus the New York Jets. Now, I recommended him last week once I found out that Jack Doyle was going to be out. And it doesn't look like Jack Doyle was able to practice Wednesday. Now, we still have a couple of days before, you know, you get to the weekend games. But if Jack Doyle doesn't play, you got to put Mo Ali Cox in your lineup again. We all know that Phillip Rivers loves to target tight ends. This is going to be one of those things that you keep repeating for the rest of the year because that's just what Phillip Rivers does. He loves targeting tight ends and running backs out of the, you know, out of the backfield. He loves passing pass catching running backs and he loves the tight end position 
And Mo Ali Cox is a better, I think he's a better option than Jack Doyle, honestly. He's more athletic. He's bigger. He's got bigger hands. He's just an all-around physical force um, when he's gotten an opportunity to get out and do some work. So with the amount of volume that he could see, Paris Campbell is out indefinitely with a uh, PCL injury in his knee. So you're going to need more reliable options outside of just T.Y. Hilton in the pass game and Jonathan Taylor, you know, out of the backfield. But you're going to need more guys to catch on. I think um, his going him going five for six for 111 yards against the Minnesota Vikings in week two lends to the fact that Rivers trusts him. And like I said, if Jack Doyle doesn't start, you need to be putting Mo uh, Ali Cox in your lineup. But that's it for my starts of the week, man. I'm going to have some more. The full article is going to be dropping Friday. I'm going to get the Thursday night preview on Wax. It will be available to read on thefantasiesfinest.com as well as, you know, my full starts and sits for week three. We can wrap up the episode now. We're done. We're finished. Finito. That's it. So I hope you've enjoyed the episode. As always, Remember to check out thefantasiesfinance.com for more articles. We're going to keep doing our weekly trends for, you know, uh, starts and sits. Uh, We're going to add the studs and duds. We're going to start adding more content to the website as well. Um, And, of course, you can always look out for the podcast episodes to be on there uh, too. And, um, you know, just pop in. Pop in, see what's new poke your head around we, the injury list is available as well and it's like i said it's constantly being updated so the news for chark will be up there soon um you know and it's going to be updated until saturday night and then sunday morning before kickoff we'll be using the fantasy's finest uh twitter account to update you before kickoff starts so that's it man i hope you guys have enjoyed the episode and we will check you out next time and hopefully we'll have the guys back Y'all gotta take it easy. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter too at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.